0: Hey, Mamas, I'm so glad you're here for another episode of Productivity in Proverbs 31. Today is going to be so fundamental because I'm teaching you not only the what's, but the how to's. And it's the importance of teaching your kids well some fundamental truths. I've got five for you, lots of little subheadings like I always do, hoping to stay focused. So you guys grab a pen, grab a pencil, put your feet up if you can, and let's dive into how to teach well. Hey friends, welcome to the Productivity and Proverbs 31 podcast. I'm Kathy Lanham, your host, your mentor across the airways, if you will. I'm a mom of five, former teacher and top 2% company leader. Now I'm a coach, a podcaster and a business strategist. Stick around if you're a Christian mom with some big dreams, messy bun and sweatpants. You might feel all the guilt, but you refuse to be a Pinterest perfect mom. You live in your car and reheated coffee is a staple. If chaos is usually rampant and you'd like some practical tips on how to grow a business, grow in your faith, and get some control with an occasional date night thrown in as a bonus, hang around. Because as we grab these few minutes together, I want to help you keep growing in your faith, build a business that lines up with your God-given gifts and talents, and make memories of a life you love. So reheat that coffee and let's get started. Okay, mamas, how to teach well. What a big title, right? I mean, it can cover anything from homeschooling to how to tie your shoes to what in the world am I talking about? So I'm going to give you five areas that we really need to be intentional in teaching our children well. And I'm not only going to tell you the what you need to be doing, but I'm going to throw in some how to's in that. Hopefully this will be applicable. It'll be just a fundamental, easy to follow tutorial, if you will so that you can have some hope and encouragement in the journey. Because I know it is so frustrating when you are in the midst of it and you're in the thick of it and you never hear an attaboy, you never hear a good job. And I know it's some days you feel like all I do is fuss and separate and put a show on and sit down for time out and be quiet and can you pick up that mess or you're the one cleaning up the mess. So let's look at five things that we need to be focused on to be teaching well. The first one is how to make wise choices. Now, that seems like such an obvious one, but what we do is we'll use the words how to make wise choices, but they're too young until they hit the age of reasoning, which is much higher. You'll find out if you ever study classical education until they're able to process and reason, which is about maybe age 12 then the ability to make a wise choice has to be clearly explained. So when we tell our kids, make wise choices, or an additional phrase to do that and to teach well, this is the how-to part, is to also give the consequences. Okay, now, Kaylee, I need you to make a wise choice. If you do this, then this is going to be what happens. If you do this, then this will be what happens. And it doesn't necessarily mean a punishment or a discipline. It's what's the best choice. What is the best yes? What's the wisest choice? And we help them to think through that process when we provide the consequences or the results of the choice up front. And then let them choose and let them have the consequence or have the result. And then if they chose poorly, then that's an opportunity for later conversation. Mm. Yes, well, had we chosen to do it this way, then you would have had this result. But you didn't remember we talked about that. You could choose this or this, and when you chose this, that's what's happened. So how to make wise choices. And this is very important in passing on your faith, your values, why you choose to pray, why you choose to praise. So how to make wise choices. Not only model it. But teach it. And always remember that kids will do what we do, not what we say. Number two, teach your children how to work and how to work well. This is so lacking, I think, in today's educational system I'm not knocking schools. I'm knocking how we teach our children. We don't ever want them to face consequences. We always want them to feel good about themselves. But how to work as unto the Lord, doing their best, not being satisfied with a halfway effort. The way we do that is we inspect what we expect. We're looking for the results of the job that we've asked them to do. Or we're looking for, we're inspecting the work. So let's say that the job is to unload the dishwasher. As an example, and they unload half the dishwasher, but then they leave to go watch a show, or they leave to go play, or they, like me, get distracted. It's a gentle calling back to the job. Okay, this is not. Did we? Did you finish? And you're asking questions and letting them come to the answer. Did you complete this job? Did you finish it? Is it your best work? Did you do it well? And sometimes they'll say yes, and you go, mm, you know what? I'm going to disagree with you because. The silverware is still there. Nothing's dried up and you didn't put things away. And that's where you will show them why you disagree, not in a disparaging way and not just doing it for them, but you call them back to the scene of the job. And did you do this well? Did you finish it? Did you put your tools away if they're raking leaves, for example? So we're modeling what needs to be done and then we're inspecting it and then we're showing approval for what we expected when it was met. So that's a good good thing to, to know there is how to work and how to work well. Also, how to earn money and then what to do with that money, how to save it, how to spend it, how to tithe. Not just a frivolous Oh, I got a dollar in my pocket, so a dollar's going out. No, 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 no. If you're a person of faith, and I trust that you are, then the Bible has some very clear guidelines that we're to tithe, we're to save, we're to be prudent in our money and how we spend things. So having three little envelopes or three little banks or three little jars, that's how we did it back in the day. I just had three, but we just had three little jars. One was for tithing, one was for spending, and one was for saving. And so we would save up for a bigger toy. Now, the saving, though, spending meant you can spend some now, and we're going to keep some for bigger purchases. Saving meant we're putting it in the bank, so we're not touching it. And for an adult's for us, for budgeting, it would be in case of an emergency. Our three areas that we're going to divide an allowance into, that we're going to divide money into, is tithing, saving, Spending and you can change those rules up somewhat if it's say a gift from grandma. You still want to demonstrate tithing, maybe saving, but maybe just spending. Maybe that's the one that you just blow it unless it's a thousand dollars. Then I'm gonna highly suggest you save a big portion of that. But how to work and then how to be frugal with their money and how to be a good steward of their money. That's an important task number two. Number three, you want to teach your children behavior that matches your situation. And these are non-negotiables. So when you go different places in your life, there's a need for an inside voice and an outside voice. Don't think that's a question. You got that concept, right? Inside voice, outside voice. And we use those words. So the how-to on that is we use the words to explain, shh, no, inside voice. We're inside the house. We don't scream. We don't yell. Same thing for a church, for a store, for a library, for a museum. Any situation That you're going to be in where there is a need to moderate their voice, their tone, their inflections, the loudness, the volume. Inside voice versus outside voice. In my day job, I have had children come in that have absolutely no self-regulation at all. And so they're screaming everything. So unless there's a hearing loss, which of course that might be, the reason they may not be able to self-regulate is there's there's an issue, then that would need to be checked out. But we need to teach that behavior, that there's a difference in the way that we behave in different places where we might would be. Another would be dressing appropriately for different situations. And y'all, this one, in our age of casual, this is so important. In my humble opinion, there are situations that override the individual's right to choose their clothing, especially if that individual is less than, say, 12 years old. I understand that children don't necessarily enjoy dressing up, but there are occasions, there are reasons, there are times when this is a necessity. It's a, it's a cultural constraint. And those would be situations like funerals, like weddings, school, school picture day, going to... um going to a dance, going to a ball. There are things that are appropriate in situations and things that are inappropriate. So this is transcending personal taste or personal desire to express themselves. That's not, we're not messing in that area necessarily, but what we are doing is we're teaching that there are examples where your personal desires have to be put aside for an hour, for a for a season, for a day, for a weekend, whatever the situation is. I remember when we took all of our kids on a cruise, and we had the captain's dinner, and all of the children were invited, and they had to have appropriate dress. And so that we simply explained that to them, that this is what we do in this situation, and the dress is required. So that's something that we've gotten away from somewhat, but I think that is an important lesson that we need to be instructing our children in for them to be well-rounded, for them to have some panache and some class and some training. Behavior that matches the situation also. This is a silly one, but going to the bathroom. This is another little behavior that matches the situation. If we're going on a car trip, everybody needs to go at least try to go to the bathroom so that in 20 minutes you're not hearing, I need to go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom before you get in the car. At church, before you go to the service, before you go into your Sunday school room, when you go to the movies, before you go in to the movie, so that you're not tramping in front of people and disrupting. And in our church, we have a young person, probably eight years old, maybe maybe a little younger that after the singing has stopped, where you're standing and sitting and standing and sitting, so no one would not notice as much if she ran to the bathroom during that time. No, we let the preacher get good and warmed up. And then she stands up like a princess on parade, and she very noisily and demonstratively goes to the bathroom, and then she returns the same way. That's a behavior that that could potentially interfere with others' worship and their ability to attend to the sermon. In like manner, if you go to a church with pews, we used to teach our kids, you do not kick the the pew in front of you. Comparable lesson would be in an airplane. How do you behave in an airplane? Certainly the inside voice, the not kicking the seat in front of you, using the bathroom before you get on the plane, those may be things that you want to teach in that situation. Alrighty, number four, you're not the star, you're not the center of my attention every minute of every day. These are good lessons in waiting. It's good, a good training in taking turns in talking. So what you're gonna do is probably what you're already doing. You stop, you call attention, and you say, excuse me, you're interrupting. Pardon me, there's an adult speaking. Pardon me, H- hang on. Do you see that I'm on a, in a conversation? Pardon me, I'm on the phone, excuse me. What's our rule if mommy's on the phone? So you have different situations where you can train your kids to wait. Another church story, this is fun. We went to church with a guy who was in the military and his daughter came up and she she did all the appropriate, she did the appropriate things to interrupt. She approached us quietly. She stood for a moment. She put her hand on his shoulder to indicate she needed his attention. And so, of course, I go oh go ahead see what she needs and he's like uh, no she can wait she's in training and i was like oh okay but actually that's part of the part of the impetus for this series is we do need to be training and teaching our children in different aspects and we need to be paying attention to the fact that we are being intentional to teach and last but not least number five is stranger danger and stranger danger is a tricky one because it's going to be different for different situations and this is one that my kids especially my youngest accuses me of all the time mother stranger danger they're not so. Quit talking to children. But in his case, he just wants me to come on and stop talking. These are the stranger danger and honesty is a it is a fine line, but it's one that you want to be diligent to teach. And many a great surprise has been ruined by that childlike honesty, where you can tell mommy anything, and you know there's there's a surprise gift that they're not supposed to tell daddy about, and then that's an okay secret versus what is a not okay secret. And the way you're going to approach that with your children, that's going to have to be tenderly handled and you're going to have to determine the parameters. And because I'm not sure what little ears are listening, I'll give some generalities. We want to make sure that it's never okay that grown-ups don't need children's help to find places on a map. It's not okay to get into a car to show a grown-up where mommy lives or where mommy might be. It's not okay. Grown-ups do not need help from children. Now, that's opposed to, like I'm always saying at the store, would you like to come help me sweep this or would you like to help me do this? That's where, of course, the parent's present and they're giving permission so that you explain to the child. If you're there and an adult asks for help, that's one thing. Would you like to help me make the cake? Would you like to decorate the cookies? Would you like to to have a turn on the X, Y, Z? That it's okay if mommy's there and giving permission. It's not okay to be getting into a car with an adult or to be going with an adult to show them where the toy store is. You get the idea. Another area that you want to make sure that they understand it's okay is it's okay that grown-ups should not ask little kids to keep secrets. And it's and if they're asking them to keep a secret about private parts or about things that they're asking the child to do that it's always okay to tell mommy those things it's always okay to share that with mommy and daddy they will not get in trouble and nothing bad is going to happen to their family sometimes grown-ups will say things like that but you know what they're wrong and mommy's right and you have to smooth that but make sure that they know that it's okay what to tell a grown-up and what not to tell a grown-up and that you are not an ordinary grown-up for your mommy and that you always want to protect them and love them and keep them safe. There you go. Five ways that we can teach and train our children that are really important. Number one, again, how to make wise choices, not only using that verbiage, but showing them and demonstrating what a wise choice is. How to work and earn money. And then how to tithe, save, and spend that money. Making sure behaviors match situations. And that number four, they are not the star in the center of attention. They need to learn when to lead and when to follow. Number five, what is appropriate to tell a grown-up and what is not appropriate to tell a grown-up. What stranger danger can look like and how that can help you keep them safe and love them better. So, hopefully, that's a little what and a little how all combined in together that would help you work through these crazy days of having littles in your house and teaching them and training them in the values and the faith that's important to you. And, guys, until next time, it's Kathy. Have a blessed day. Hey, guys. Real quick, I hope this episode was a blessing to you and that you learned a nugget of truth, got a laugh, or had something that you can share. It would be such a blessing to me if you would go over to iTunes and leave me both a starred and a written review. I would love to be able to read some of those reviews online, and that pours into my ministry and my work so much. In addition, if you want some of our free things, that's found over at KathyLanham.com. I'd love to connect on social media. DM me at at KathyLanham. That's my handle over on Instagram. So until next time, you'll be a blessing to others. Because when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. Take care.